بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله النبي الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد الله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الرحم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علمك برحمتك يا أرحم الرحيم الحمد لله في فينش لاس ويك شرح الباب هادي عشر الكومنتري عن باب هادي عشر and we decided to study after that a very important book by Ayatollah Mutahari called Adl Ilahi. Adl Ilahi is translated into Arabic as Al Adlul Ilahi, in English as Divine Justice. And uh, you should have been given the PDF of the first chapter. And I am ordering uh, the book to come, inshallah, from Iran, the English translation, inshallah. So you should have it, inshallah, soon. Uh, this is one of the major works of Ayatollah Mutahari. He has many books. This is one of the major ones. And this was written by him when he felt the need for addressing the issue of divine justice and many issues related to that about you know catastrophes that may happen you know calamities uh, about punishment what is the situation of uh, non-believers unbelievers you know, about reward and this type of thing. So he has addressed many issues. In the introduction to the book, which is a long introduction, and has been written in 50s in Iranian calendar. Uh, I tell you exactly when was it written. It was written in Spring 1352 it says, in the, all these 20 years that I have been writing, whether it was an article or book, I have always had one major aim. And that was to write something useful, something needed, to solve a problem. I didn't write just for the sake of writing. It says, whether... I have written about philosophical issues, social issues, moral issues, uh, historical issues, fiqhi issues. Always I had one aim, and that was to introduce Islam and address a need. He says we have practical problems. For example, in the Muslim world there is maybe poverty, maybe there is illiteracy in some places. There are problems. He says, if we cannot solve those practical problems, at least we can solve theoretical problems mm. so that people can understand what is Islamic position. Because that is also part of the solution. If you know what does Islam say about, for example, poverty, about justice, about environment, all these things. So, therefore, he says, this is what 
we have done. And he says, I wish there was a group of scholars who would coordinate and make sure that they all together work and address all the theoretical issues that we have. Unfortunately, there is no such a coordinated team. So every writer decides that this topic is important, right? And sometimes there can be duplications. And there are also gaps. So in this book, he says, uh, all the discussions here are selected. And because this introduction was written for the second edition, he says, I read for you part of it in Farsi. He says, Dar chop dovom dar hudud yek panjum bar matalib chop aval afsudeshod. In the second edition, about one fifth of the content is added to the first edition. There is increase of about 20%. Be alave islahati lafzi va taghirati az lehaz nazm u tartib matalib be amalawa. In addition to increase in the content, some changes in some terms and some changes in the order and structure of the book have been made. So this is now like a new book. And he says, Anche darbariye mabahese in kitab mitavanam beguyam in ast ke hame mabahesi intikhab shode ast. He puts in the quotation. He says, all the discussions in this book are selected. Okay, so just selected discussions for selected people like you. I think you are all selected also. Each yek betore tasaduf va be muje be elale ettefari tahrashdas. None of the discussion this way is by chance, by accident. For example, uh, I felt this chapter is short, so I had to add to it. So I just put something here to make it bigger. No. Anything here is carefully selected and put in this. Inha masa'ilist ke faravan az taraf guruhay mukhtalif bil khusus tabaqi jawan ba man dar miyan gozashte mishad. He says these are issues that many times Different groups, especially young people, mention to me. They raise these questions. Anche darin kitab avardam dar haqiqat yek pasukh umumis. Whatever I brought is, in sense, a common reply to all these questions, these public questions. And he says the discussions here are both aqli and naqli. So I bring intellectual discussions and arguments and transmitted or scripture-based arguments. As jambaya naqli bi ayat Quran. You know his Farsi is very beautiful, very. clear and very accurate but at the same time engaging yes at jambay naqli be ayat karime quran va rivayat ma'thure az rasul akram va a'imme athar salawatullah alayhi va alayhim istinatulas when it comes to naql verses of the quran Glorious verses, ayat al-karim, plus ahadis of Prophet and Ahlul Bayt. Ad jambi aqli bedugune mumkin bud bahs shabat. 
When it comes to intellectual side, there were two ways to discuss, according to philosophers and according to Motekallemi theologians. ولی نظر به اینکه مشرب استدلالی متکلمین را در این گونه مسائل صحیح نمیدانم و برعکس مشرب حکما اسلامی را صحیح و متقن میدانم از سبک متکلمین به طور کلی پرهیز کردم و از سبک حکما استفاده کردم but because i am not very happy with the style of متکلمین in this discussion this topic and I prefer the style of the philosophers, so I have followed philosophical approach and avoided Kalami approach. Albate, Harja ke muqtazi bude be mashrab ahle kalam va ahyanan be barhi mashrab hai digaran as gabil mashrab ahle hadith va mashrab ashab hisnis asharakada. But whenever needed and relevant, I might have referred to the attitudes of Mutikallamin, even to the attitudes of Ahl Hadith or people who are empiricists. You know, some philosophers who are just uh, interested in empirical knowledge. Okay, so this is about his reason for choosing the topic first. His reason for choosing the subjects and the problems in this book, second. His style and approach, the third. Then he says, unfortunately, Muslim philosophers, unlike Mutikallamin, because he prefers philosophical approach, but he says philosophers have not dealt with the issue of divine justice as an independent subject. And he says, so far, I haven't seen uh, myself an independent book written by philosophers on divine justice. Mutikallamin have written a lot, but philosophers, he says, I have not seen even an independent chapter on this topic. He says, recently I have heard from one of the scholars that Abu Ali Sina, Abu Sina, has a little essay or book on this subject. But he says, I have not yet been able to have access to this book or essay. But I have heard he has an essay or booklet on Adlehilahi. Then he refers to the issue of Jabr and Ikhtiyar, you know, predestination and free will. This is very important historical discussion in Islam and other religious traditions, whether we are free in our actions, or our actions are created in us, they are predestined. Then he talks about the issue of Adl, the issue of Husnuqob that we had in Kalam, and inshallah we discuss later. He refers to the issue of Mustaqillat Aqliyyeh, those things in Usul al you remember we had this discussion, there are things that uh, our Aql uh, is part of the Istidla, reasoning. And Sometimes uh, both premises are from Aql. Sometimes one premise is from Aql, the other is from Naql. And then he refers to the discussion in Kalam that we had it, alhamdulillah, about purpose in Allah's actions. You know, now after studying two books on Kalam, uh, and Akhair, you know, you had you had uh, many of these things now are very familiar to you. Mm. We had discussion whether God's actions have purpose or not. Some people said they don't have purpose because if we say God's action have purpose, then he becomes needy. <laughs> but we said no. He has purpose because he's wise. But the purpose is not to benefit from. It's to benefit others. So this is also something that has been discussed by Muslim theologians. And there have been different positions, therefore Mutakallameen and Muslim philosophers, Muslim uh, thinkers have been classified according to the positions they have taken about the issue of Ad and Jab and Ikhtiyar, you know, these type of things. Uh, for example, you know, inshallah I will repeat again in chapter one, uh, Mu'tazila, 
Mu'tazilites and Shia are known as Adliya, the people of justice. So because they give lots of significance to the issue of divine justice, they are known as Adliya. But Ashaira are the opposite. Although they don't deny divine justice, but the way they de you know, define it is not giving any significance to justice. Shall we talk about it? So people based on their position about this issue have been, you know, classified. Some people tried to give more significance to Tawheed and saying that everything is created by God. And they meant by this that we have no role. No one other than God has any role. No cause other than God. Even fire does not burn. Mm -hmm. You remember we had this discussion mm -hmm. that if you see when there is fire, something is burning, they say this is just by accident. It's habit. Adatullah Jarat. This is the habit of God that after creating fire, he creates fi uh, fire in the wood, for example. So these are two uh, things which are not related. You know, in Western theology also we have occasionalism, which means the same. So, they said everything is an act of God, but then the problem is that why people are blamed if they do something wrong. Yeah? Why Quran blames uh, Zalimin, for example? On the other hand, some people try to give significance to issue of justice, but then they delegated everything to human beings in their voluntary actions, therefore uh, they limited the role of God. So this is a problem. Inshallah, we will talk about all this. So, he talks about the way Islamic Kalam, science of Kalam, has influenced Islamic philosophy and talks about intellectual approach of the Shia. These are all topics that need lots of discussion, but it's just quick in rough, uh, in a point in Muqaddameh. He talks about the Shia approach in Fiqh which would not accept Qiyas. You know Qiyas, mm. analogy, uh, is not accepted because it's not uh, decisive, doesn't lead to certainty. And then he has a discussion why the issue of justice has become very important for Muslims. Why so much emphasis on the issue of justice and relevant related issues in early centuries of Islam onwards. He says, in my understanding, the root is the Quran itself. The Quran inspired this discussion. Because Quran refers a lot to issue of Adl and Zulm. For example, Quran says, the whole creation is based on balance. Allah raised the sky and set up the scale and balance. Bil, hadith from Rasulullah says, All the skies and the earth stand up because of justice. Of course, justice here uh, has a special meaning. It means like balance. All the messengers have come to help people achieve social justice. All the messengers have come. They have been equipped with manifest signs, with book, with a scale, so that people rise and establish social justice. So, Quran inspired Muslims to think actively 
about the issue of justice and injustice and social justice and equity. Even when it comes to Prophet Ibrahim السلام, and the issue of Imama, Allah says, La yanalu ahdi So those who receive divine position of Imama should be free from zulm, from any injustice. Or for example, Quran says a moral person is the one who has justice, righteousness. You know, sometimes the Quran when it talks about witnesses. Surah Talaq, verse 3. Ask two people who have justice to bear witness and bring them. People who have justice. You know, say Adiv. Zabayad means possessor of justice. When Greek philosophy was introduced to Muslims through translation, people saw that, for example, Plato talks about justice. And justice is the most fundamental virtue in Greek you know, approach to virtues. When all the faculties are in a balanced and middle position, when you have shaja'a and hikmah and iffah, then you have adal. But he says before these translations took place, Quran talks about justice as fundamental, a fundamental value. And he says most of the verses, this is a very important point, like everything we said so far. <laughs> Most of the verses in the Quran about justice are about social justice, not only personal justice. Test and social justice. And he says, I have so far uh, came across 16 verses about this issue. I don't know if you have uh, read or uh, listened to my lectures about characteristics of Shia Islam, where I say that there are three major characteristics for Shia Islam, which you can find everywhere present. One is rationality, one is search for justice, one is spirituality. These three together make wonders, not separately. Spirituality alone is not enough. If you are spiritual but not rational, it's a problem. If you are rational but not spiritual, it's a problem. If you are spiritual and rational and don't bother about justice, it's a problem. Or you bother about justice but you are not spiritual. Or you are just uh, concerned about justice and rational but not spiritual when you have these three together you are balanced and you will never become radical you will never become extremist you will never fail to grow in every aspect these three are very important uh, i have some lectures about this you know you can find you know for example the lecture given in Geneva recently to group from Czech, and several times. These three are very important to be together, okay? And any aspect, Ayatollah Mutahari is not talking about Adl, but I think it's all these three. Whether it is in discussion about Tawheed or Nubuvat, about aqari, about akhlaq, about iqtisad, you know, economy, about siyasa, politics. Anything in Islam, according to the reading and version that we understand from Quran and the teachings of Ahlul Bayt, shows and reflects rationality, spirituality, and search for justice. He talks about justice, but all the three are there. This is a very important uh, thing. You remember after I came 
a meeting in, uh, with the World Council of Churches, I said they put this in the final communication that all religions should have this treat. Uh, that was November 2015. So, he says, and is everywhere present. Then he says, some people, you know, he, he means by this people who were influenced by Marxism and socialism. You know, they try to interpret everything according to the people's uh, economical situation. Because mm -hmm. for them, you know, economy is the main thing. And people, based on their economical interest, they make different stances. They take different stances. He says, this is not right. We find people who had power and took the side of uh, Adliye. And we have people who had power and took the side of Ash'arites. For example, he says in this Muqaddameh, he says, Ma'mun. You know, Ma'mun, the Abbasid Caliph, he says he was supporting Mu'tazilites, but Mutawakkil was supporting Ash'arites. Both of them are Khalifa and both of them are Abbasi. You cannot say any person who has power would be, for example, uh, taking the side of Ash'arites or taking the side of Mu'tazil. Or, for example, he says, Sahib ibn Abbad, he was a minister and he was a, one of those exceptional ministers that he remained in position and he had power till he died. And his father was also minister and his grandfather was also minister. So he had always power and brought up in a powerful family. But he's one of the people who emphasized a lot on justice. So it's not that only poor people talk about justice. On the other hand, some poor people may talk about, uh, you know, Jabr. It's not that uh, political powers talk about Jabr to justify. So he wants to say you cannot justify everything by referring to people's economical situation. People can choose different positions based on many factors. Okay, this is all introduction. I hope now you are clear about the atmosphere in which this book was compiled. Yes? Now you know the main topic and why he chose this and the significance of this issue in Islam and why we also need to study because similar issues are also today, you know, being asked. We go to the first chapter. Of course, he doesn't mention fast. He says can one, but can be chapter one. I don't know how is it translated, chapter or as just one. It just says conceptual outline. Yeah, like unit one, chapter one. Is tarhebas. In Farsi, when you uh, open the discussion, you see what uh, say what is the topic. This is called tarhebas. Okay. You know, imagine you want to give a lecture on something. In the first five minutes, ten minutes, you explain what you want to say. Yeah. Mm. Then the second unit is halle muskil. Tarhebas. Okay? Farsi is a sweet language, yeah? Nice. Yes. So, we now want to just start with seeing what is the issue. Of course, we had this introduction, but the book starts here. And you have PDF from this part, inshallah. It has been emailed to you. 
The English translation. Arabic, Farsi are also available. Uh, all the books available online. And you've got Farsi, yeah. But English also the first uh, has been, inshallah. 26 pages. Yes. Okay. He says, Adle Bashari wa Adle Elahi. Human justice and divine justice. I'm not going to read for you the Farsi text because the book is very thick and if I want to read, it takes time. But sometimes I mention some main terms in Farsi because of originality and maybe some of you, inshallah, in future, inshallah, would be able to benefit from this Farsi term, which are very much also Arabic, similar to Arabic, maybe with a little change. So, Adle you say Al Adlul Adle Bashari, Al Adlul Insani, human justice. When we talk about human justice, normally we have a kind of common understanding. When we say someone is just or not, a human being, not, we are not here talking about God. When we say human being is just, what do we mean? When we talk about human justice. Yeah, when we say someone is just, we mean he observes the rights of people, he treats them uh, with respect, he doesn't harm them. If he has power, he treats people equally, he would not discriminate against some people. If he's responsible to distribute something, he distributes them fairly. Not necessarily equally, but fairly. If he's a teacher, he would not be biased. Uh, he would not uh, give uh, a special privilege without reason to anyone. Okay? I'm not saying gives equal mark, but he's not biased. Maybe he gives more, but because of good reason. And when he's dealing with Zalim and Mazloom, a just person, what should he do? When you are judging between Zalim and Mazloom, what should you do? Pardon? Here is a bit, uh, I think, uh, ironic. If you are judging between Zalim and Mazlum, you should not take any side. Mm -hmm. If you are judging, <laughs> you should be impartial. impartial. But you should always help Mazlum to be able to receive his right. But not by doing Zalim to Zalim. You have to be objective and just, even with respect to Zalim. With Zulm, you cannot resist against Zulm. Yes. Yeah. You remember in Akhlaq, in Muharram, we had this discussion that uh, you cannot help had by using means of bottom. That was very important discussion. So, a person who is just is someone that has these characteristics. And a person who is unjust is opposite. So, for us to understand what does it mean for a human being to be zalim or mazloom, to be just or unjust, is somehow clear. But what about God? Can we use justice and injustice in the same sense for God. For example, can we say justice is a perfection and God should have justice? Can we use justice for God in the same sense that we use for human beings? Or maybe someone says we cannot use justice for God at all. Why? Because no one has any rights over God. 
Everything is given by God. So we cannot talk about God observing rights of people or not. Of course, we are not now making decision or judgment. We are just raising tarhebas. So with respect to God, the question is not as easy as human beings. Some people may say it's not right to use the concept of justice for God or the concept of injustice for God. Even just discussing it is irrelevant. No one has any ownership, any right that would conflict with rights ownership, with God's ownership. You know, between us human beings, we can have conflict because someone may own something and I want to take it unjustly. But when it comes to relation between us and God, we don't own anything with respect to God so that he doesn't own. Okay? Like he uses this example. He says, for example, you are, as a father, you buy everything for home. You buy also toys for your children. The toy that you have purchased, or, you know, for example, you know, dish and, you know, container, you know, all these things. If you have given your child to use them, it's not that he has now ownership and ownership and if you use it it's zulm it's yours but you made it available for your child to use yeah so you cannot say that if father uses it's zulm so this is also one issue that uh, if you remember when we were talking about issue of uh, problems in the world i said it's not an issue of justice, it's an issue of hikmah. Because no one has any right over God. You know, if God gives someone no children, and gives someone children, the one who has no children cannot, you know, blame God. Say, you know, what, you have not been just. You have given my friend ten children, I have no children. Yeah? You cannot blame and the one also who has 10 children cannot blame, you know, I have 10 children to look after, this person has no child to worry. <laughs> Nowadays people blame the other one. So, no one can blame whether he has or he doesn't have. Someone who is poor or rich, they cannot blame. Okay? Because they don't have any rights over God. Anyway, this is something to consider. We are not making any decision now, just we are raising issues. With respect to God, the concept of justice needs discussion. It's not as easy as with the human beings. The other issue is, is there anything we can use for God better than the concept of justice? So that it would not be just something practical or moral, something existential. Something like, for example, hikmah, something like knowledge that we use for God. Can we find something like that? What is the Quranic understanding of justice? These are issues that we will gradually, inshallah, discuss. What is clear and beyond any doubt is that in divine religions, Islam, Christianity, Judaism, justice of God is very important. And our relation with God is built partly on this understanding that God does not do zulm. Yeah? In all religions we have this. This is part of our understanding of our relation with God. 
He says, for example, in the Quran, you find, as we said in Muqaddamah, in introduction, that all the messengers have come, لِيَقُومَ النَّاسُ بِالْقِسْتِ Or when it is about the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَنَذَعُ الْمَوَازِينَ الْقِسْتِ لِيَوْمِ الْقِيَامِ Surah Anbiya, verse 47. The scales for you know, social justice will be set up on the day of judgment. فَلَا تُظْلَمُ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا No one will be dealt unjustly. وَإِنْ كَانَ مِثْقَالَ حَبَّةٍ مِنْ خَرْدَلٍ أَتَيْنَا بِهَا If your good or bad action is even very, very small, like a particle, we would bring it. Nothing will be lost or forgotten. وَكَفَى بِنَا خَاسِرًا And we are sufficient in reckoning. So, justice is also for the Day of Judgment. Quran, in many places, says that God does not do zulm. For example, مَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيَظْلِمَهُمْ God would not do injustice. Or, in a positive way, the Quran says God observes justice. So, sometimes Quran says God does not do zulm. Sometimes says God observes justice. For example, شَهِدَ اللَّهُ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ وَأُلُّ الْعِلْمِ قَائِمًا God bears witness that there is no God but Him. The angels and those who have knowledge, they all bear witness that there is no one to be worshipped other than God, who is standing for justice or who is establishing justice. But what is interesting in the Quran, you don't find, at least I don't remember, any ayah that says God is Adil. The term Adl has not been used for God in the Quran. God is not doing zulm, or God is qa'iman bil qist. But you don't find any way, anywhere in the Quran that says God is Adil. Because Quran is very accurate. And the way Quran uses these terms is very, very accurate, very you know, precise. Why is there no word like Adil in the Quran? No, no, Adil is in the Quran. It is, Adil is in the Quran. But not for God. For example, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ Or اِعْدِلُوا هُوَ أَغْرَبُ لِلْتَّقْوَى زَوَيْ عَدْلٍ مِنْكُمْ As we said. But you don't find any verse which says إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَادِلٌ Okay? Why? It is true, that, but still he is Adil, because his mercy is not conflicting with his justice. This is a very good question, because because sometimes you use justice in the sense that giving someone what he deserves, not more, not less. If you mean justice in this way, yes. Then treating us with favor is different from justice. So sometimes, for example, say, Treat us with your favor, not with your justice. Mm. What do we mean by don't treat us with your justice? We don't mean treat us with zulm. No. <laughs> we don't mean 
except this, right? This is the meaning. That the only thing that we mean by this is, don't give us what we deserve. Mm -hmm. Give us more than what we deserve. Definitely, you are not doing good, going to do zol, but this is not enough for us that you don't do zol. We are not worried about zol. We are worried about being given what we deserve. So, we have to be hoping that God would treat us with favor. But again, favor is adl, it's not zol. So, if you mean by adl, giving exactly what the other party deserves, not more, not less, yes, then adl is different from fazl. But if you mean by adl, not doing zol, so if I give you extra, this is adl. Yeah? For example, there is a person who always gives people more than what they deserve. Can he be Imam al Jama'ah? You cannot say he's not Adel. He's Adel. So he's not doing Zul. So when you use Adel in contrast to Fazl, then Adel here means what? To give what that person deserves, not more, not less. Because you are using in contrast to Fazl. It's not using contrast to Zul. Yeah. But in the Quran, you don't find. Any verse, you can look for it. If you find any place in the Quran that says God is Adlun or Adlun or Ya'dilun, then you can show me. Okay? Why? I think this is a good thing for you to do a research. No, no. Why? No, no, research about why. Why the Quran has not used the term Adl for God in the sense of Him being described. Okay? Because if I give you an answer right away, maybe it's not good. You think you find something better or even the same thing, then at least remains your mind. Why? So the question is this. Why in the Quran God is not described by a word which comes from the root Adl? I'm not saying he's not described as being just. No, he's described being just, but he's not described by using a derivative of Adl. Otherwise, we have Qaim and Bilmest. Do some research about this, inshallah. So, the Quran says God does not do zulm, and the Quran says that God treats us with Adl. But with different terms. Then he says there are different attitudes to this issue. Ravishha wa mashrabha. Ravish means methods. Mashrab means approach. Attitude. Mashrab. Mashrab means a place of drinking. But it is used for attitudes. Like, you know, people go to, when there is river, people choose different ways to reach the river. It's different attitudes. Mm. Mashrab. Okay? So, Ahle Hadith, the people of Hadith. And I told you before, when we say Ahle Hadith, we don't mean people who respect hadith or are interested in hadith or people who narrate hadith or who are muhaddis. Ahlul hadith is a special title. Who are ahlul hadith? That's one of the school of Kalam, Kalami school. Ah. Actually, they are not even mutakallam. These are the people who are not in favor of Kalam, let alone philosophy. They say just take the hadith and Quran literally and don't discuss that much. Yeah? We tell you, do mubahisa. They say, don't do mubahisa, just repeat. You can do muzakara, but no discussion. Just repeat. Okay? Yes. What's the difference between early uh, hadith and akhbari? Akhbari are different. Ahlul hadith are Sunni uh, scholars like Ahmed ibn Hanbal and this type of people. Mm -hmm. Akhbari is a uh, Shia 
movement that actually they are not against Kalam. They have a, a, a very strong interest in Kalam. Maybe they are not very interested in philosophy, but they are very interested in Kalam. And they say that we cannot understand Zawahir al Quran by ourselves. We should refer to the to, uh, hadith to understand Zawahir al Quran. <coughs> they are not against Aql or Kalam. So, Ahlul Hadith, when it comes to issue of justice and things like this, they say, you don't need to discuss. Just accept whatever is mentioned in the Quran and Hadith and say the same thing. They don't have such concern about this. And Ayatollah al-Mutahari says, this idea is not acceptable. And he says, we have discussed this in the volume five of Usul Falsafe Varabeshe Realism, Principles of Philosophy and the Method of Realism. He says, we should engage in this discussion and reflect and try to analyze. Mutakallamin are divided in two major groups when it comes to this issue Asharites and Shiite and Mu'tazilites. So Ash'arites on one side, and Shia and Mu'tazilites on the other side. And these are called Adliyya, the people of justice. Ash'arites don't deny justice of God. But the way they interpret justice is as if they don't believe in justice. Because they say justice does not have any meaning prior to religion, prior to God. Whatever God saw, uh, says or does is just. So there's nothing to introduce as a standards, independent standard for justice. We say whatever God does is just. They also say whatever God does is just, but we mean different things. How did they interpret when the caliph said kill the father? He was in Abbasis, it happened. How did these Asherites inter interpret that? They said this is an action of God. Because they believe in Kasp. Uh, remember maybe in Kalam we had this study, Kasp, Nazariyatul Kasp. That God creates actions in us. We are not responsible for them. We are just subjects. Remember this idea of Ash'arites. So, according to Ash'arites, there is no prior or uh, independent understanding of justice. You have to learn this from religion. Remember, you know, they said goodness and badness are shari, religious, not aqli, not zati, no intrinsic. No rational, because there is nothing objective as good and bad, or just and unjust. We have to take it from religion, from God. So whatever God does is just. If God, for example, was telling us, you should not keep your promise, that was just. Now he says you should keep your promise, so this is not just. But he could have said it differently. You could say, I want to send good people to hell. That was just. So, there is nothing against which you can judge and check in and say, this is just, this is not just. But we don't accept this. We say, when Quran says, Inna Allaha ya'muru bil'adl, it means Adl is something that can be understood without command. Ya'amurubil'adl means you can understand what is Adl and then God says you must observe Adl. If Adl means what is commanded by God, then in Allah ya'amurubil'adl means God commands to what, do what he commands. It's not making any sense. Okay? Like we will talk about it. Pardon? Can the son who curses his father inherit 
Men nogen vil vinde siger, no. det der, hvad har man det synes? Det er så sjovt, for det sagde jeg ikke, at det var det. Because I said, I don't show the board. So if it's an action of the board, he should be able to inherit. After killing the father, he can inherit the character. No, no be, uh, not necessarily, because this is a religious ruling. Uh -huh. So even nationalites say that? They can't do, uh, so, in the same way that, for example, a murderer can be punished, yes. you cannot say because action of God, there is no punishment. Yes. This is also possible that he may be deprived from some financial inheritance. Do you remember the story of that person who went to someone's garden and started eating from the fruits of that garden? The, own, the owner of garden came and started fighting and beating him with wood. He said, why do you beat me? This is a creation of God eating from the creation of God. Why you are beating me? He said, a creation of God is beating another creation of God. Why you blame me? So if this is jab that you are eating, this is also jab that I am beating you. Yes. So, Mutakallamin are divided into two major groups, as we said, Ash'arites on the one side, and Shiite Mutazilites, which are called Adliya on the other side. Then he says, Ash'arites tried, they had good intention, they tried to somehow say that God is unique in creation. Everything is created by God. Everything is an action of God. He decides about everything and he does everything. But they did it in a radical way by leaving no role for human being and his free will. And then indirectly they made God responsible for any crime that takes place in the world. So they tried to protect God's unity, but then they brought all the blame to God. So you cannot blame criminals or unjust people because they have no role. Na'uzubillah, blames go to God. This is God. We see that the Quran is not accepting this logic. Quran takes people, holds people accountable. Pharaoh has to answer. Namrud has to answer. They cannot say, you know, everything is done by God. Okay? Iblis wanted to use this logic. Say, he wanted to say, you have deceived. But it's not acceptable. He cannot say, you deceived me. Adam didn't use this logic. He didn't say, you deceived us by creating a bliss, for example. No, he understood that he is responsible. Then he refers to the fourth approach. So the first was Ahlul Hadith. Second, Ash'arites. Fourth, Shiite and Mutazilat. But second and third are both Mutakallam. Yeah? Ash'arites and Shiites and Mutazilites. These are Mutakallam. The fourth is Hukama. And he means by Hukama philosophers, Muslim philosophers. He says, we will mention later that Muslim philosophers have taken another approach. They accept Tawheed Af'ali. Everything that happens is an action of God. But they don't deny our role. Everything is God, but we are also agents. Because there is hierarchy. You remember we were talking mm. in Aqaa, there is hierarchy of agents. 
God is the creator, but we are also responsible. And we gave you example, for example, the king can say, I made this, for example, bridge for you. The minister says, I made this bridge for you. The engineer says, I made this bridge. The uh, labor, you know, say, we did the bridge for you. It's okay. Or when you put the key and unlock the door and open the door, you can see the key, unlock the door, you can see my finger, you can see my hand, you can say I did this. So there can be a hierarchy. God is above all and he is the creator of everything. La mu'athara fil wujud illallah. We believe in Tawhidah Ali, but at the same time, we don't deny our role. We are also part of this process. We occur in this chain, this hierarchy. And also, Muslim philosophers accept that God is not doing zol, but they have another definition or another understanding of this issue. For them, the issue is much more fundamental and inshallah, he says later we will talk about this. Uh, their approach has similarities with Shiite and Mu'tazilite approach, but there are also differences. Excuse me. Yes. So the example that you gave about how everyone is in a chain Mm. Um, and, and the key example of someone comes and opens the door through the key. Yeah. But isn't it different to us and Allah being in the chain? Because the person who is um, using the key, the key doesn't have a choice. So the key needs to turn, the finger needs to turn because I'm ordering it. Yeah. Or the king who orders the bridge, the, you know, the, the minister or the person, they have to listen. If no, no, listen, but they have choice. But they will get Philosophically, they are free. Yeah, the, no, Even if you are forced, you are free. But the key, the key doesn't, doesn't have choice. Yeah, so, so I'm not saying that anything in this chain has free will. Some of them have free will, some of them have no free will. And those who have free will, some of them have choice, some of them have no choice. Angels have free will, but not choice. According to Muslim philosophers, angels have ikhtiyar, but not intikhab. Because they only choose what is good. So they are free, but they don't choose between good and bad. They only choose good because they only want good. Okay? So some agents have free will, no choice. Some have free will and choice and selection, like us. Some have no free will, like instruments that we use. Okay? But what is important is that there is a hierarchy and they are all involved. So when we say God is the creator, we cannot say fire has no role. As Asharat say, fire also has a role, although fire has no free will. But fire has a role. We don't deny causality because Asharites deny causality. They say there is no Aliyah. We say no, causality is there, but we have different types of causes. Okay. According to the philosophers, the issue of divine justice is much more than what Mutekallamin talk about this. It's more than a practical or moral issue. Then he says there is another group that also they are not mutakallam or philosopher or if they are not like Muslim philosophers, if they, we call them philosophers, they are empirical philosophers, empiricists. Uh, people who deny anything unless can be verified by uh, empirical data. Like you have to see, you have to touch, you have to smell. So these people also when it comes to this issue, then they have problem because they have to find out what 
is the solution for this issue of, you know, for example, this evil that exists in the world. Because their understanding of God is based on the data, empirical data. If there is conflict, they have problem. But we don't have problem because we prove existence of God rationally. And even if there is a case that we don't understand why God did this or why God permitted this happen, we say, I don't know, but I have already proved intellectually that God is knowledgeable and powerful and benevolent. Mm -hmm. So even if I don't understand the wisdom behind something, then I don't have problem. Mm -hmm. You know, when you know someone is a very, very capable engineer, you don't need to understand everything that he does. You trust him. But if you trusted him by looking at what he has done, then if there are something that you cannot understand, then your trust in him collapses. Because this was the only way for you to... So, anyway, these are different approaches. And he says, we have to first start with defining at what is justice, what are different meanings or senses in which adl, justice, has been used, and then see which one is more suitable for us and how we can use it for God. I think I stop here and inshallah we continue next week. Wa akhir da'wana and alhamdulillah. Rabbil Allah.